Reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works. Well, hello there, and welcome to Nowhere to Hide. Today, we'll be talking about the Upright Ideological Enforcement Brigade, which is hard at work with a couple of different elections coming up. There's a school board election in Boise on September 6th, which is making some pretty big news headlines right now. Uh, after all, extremists have started to put their endorsements out, and you know, we can't be too careful when it comes to dealing with the extremist. There's also the matter of Prop 1, which uh, voters will be voting on this coming November. And uh, man, you want to talk about the uh, Idaho Press Corps um, circling the wagons and just doing everything they can to prop up Prop 1 in spite of some very legitimate questions and concerns that have been brought forward, particularly by the Idaho Freedom Foundation. So we have, uh, have a couple of different news organizations to take to task. Let's do it. Let's just jump right in. Here we go. We start with IdahoPress.com. Oh, there's a nice down-to-earth headline. Far-right group endorses Boise school board candidates, elicits responses. Now, again, I have to point out this far-right group. We really don't get a qualifier as to what it is that makes them far-right or what it is that, that uh, would somehow make them dangerous. But you're going to meet them here in the next couple of paragraphs, and boy, it sounds like there, there's something very, very frightening that uh, that is going on here. So the article in the Idaho Press talks about, in a Tuesday afternoon Facebook post, a far-right extremist group, ooh, far-right isn't enough, they're also extremists, posted endorsements for the Boise School Board of Trustees election coming up on September 6th. Also on its Facebook page, the Idaho Liberty Dogs, by the way, I took the time to go to their, their Facebook page. If uh, if you're expecting to see something along the lines of Aryan Nations or Hezbollah or ISIS or, you know, like legit extremists, nah, there's nothing like that. What you do see is a group of grassroots group of citizens that are standing up for constitutional rights and freedoms. Now, this may seem extreme to some, but this is not uh, a dangerous belief in and of itself. We believe in America first. Vets before illegals and the laws of our land. So preserving Idaho's conservative values and keeping her red is important to us. On its website, it further states it was formed in early June of 2020 due to an increase in Marxism across our nation. Now, I don't know if you were paying attention in June of 2020, and actually, frankly, from about March of 2020 and beyond, and it's still going on today, but there is most definitely an increase in, uh, maybe you wouldn't call it Marxism, but collectivism, socialism, you know, it's it's all there. Statism. It all comes down to this. So this this is my catch-all explanation. When, when people use terms like Marxism, maybe they're directly relating to Karl Marx. Maybe they're talking about the Communist Manifesto. By the way, most of the people saying, it doesn't really exist, have never read it. They, they don't even know. But for people who've read, for instance, the, the planks of the Communist Manifesto, it's pretty surprising to see how many of them have actually been implemented and made a part of our day-to-day -day lives. And that's, you know, heavily graduated income tax, free public education for all the kids, taking away the property and, and voting rights of dissenters. It's, yeah, it's there. I mean, you can look it up for yourself. But the bottom line is, under any form of collectivism, whether we call it Marxism, whether we call it socialism, or just statism, 
the bottom line presumption is someone knows better than you and therefore is qualified to make decisions in your life. And I don't just mean a few decisions. I mean, make the majority of decisions. This is where central planning is believed to be the way that, well, if one person, if it's good for one person, it's going to be good for everybody as if we're all just interchangeable cogs, as opposed to individuals with innate natural rights. And the job of the state is to uphold and protect those rights and to keep us free, not to micromanage us like a bunch of herd animals. So with that explanation in mind, let's continue on. Let's learn more about these extremists. So apparently the Facebook post on Tuesday was addressed to Boise School District Republicans, and it urged people to go vote as it says this election is critical. Okay, no argument here. School boards across the country and locally have become increasingly contentious and political. Gee, I wonder why. Is there something that's going on? Is there something that's changed in the nature of how schools are being operated or the things that are being taught that would cause people to be contentious or to see some kind of political goal taking place here? Huh, I, I wonder. Throughout the pandemic, issues such as mask wearing and vaccines raised the temperature at school board meetings. You know, to be fair, it wasn't just the fact that it was mask wearing or vaccines. It was the fact that someone centrally planning it mandated and made it mandatory for everybody. In other words, people weren't allowed to, to use their own better judgment. Locally, the Napa School Board has seen the resignation of a school board member as well as Superintendent Paula Kellerer who wrote in a letter that the school district's interests should supersede personal interests, politics, and ideologies. More recently, both the Nampa and Meridian school boards have been embroiled in heated book-banning debates. Now, again, I don't believe for a minute this is about people lining up saying, ban these books, burn those books. But there are people who are definitely saying, where is the limit? And are there books that we really want to make available to, to young kids that are, that are above their, their reading grade, so to speak. That's not patronizing, by the way. That's, that's looking out for kids in the same way you wouldn't hand a 16-year-old the keys to the Mustang and a bottle of whiskey and, you know, here, go knock yourself out. Have fun. There are some things that adults need to carry until kids have grown enough that they have the maturity and the ability to, to think things through, and then they can start to carry some of these ideas themselves. More recently, of course, the book banning debates, which they say have become hotbeds of political fervor. The Liberty uh, Idaho Liberty Dogs have distributed flyers promoting the banning. Now, again, they call it banning, but this is, I think, opening the door to conversation about what books should be made available and are there, are there things that we, play, we should draw the line? I mean, look, if your book is showing underage people having same-sex sex, maybe that's over the line. I know some people are going to be fine with it. What? That's healthy. That's good. That's that's a normal thing. But for a lot of parents, myself included, no, that's not going to fly with my kid. And these Idaho Liberty dogs apparently have been present and vocal at the meetings, which, of course, is the sign of an extremist, right? People who are not extreme would simply sit in a meeting and would quietly nod their heads. They would just nod in agreement like they were on an NPR show. Yes, yes. We just talk in quiet tones and, and agree with everything that's being said. You want to be free, you've got to be willing to, to speak up and apparently to uh, be maligned. Now, of course, uh, the school board candidates uh, also, uh, one, of the, one of the ones that they endorsed was Steve Schmidt, who's the incumbent for the fourth seat. Now, I get the impression that uh, some within the Idaho press aren't a real big fan of Steve Schmidt 
because I believe he was appointed to that seat and he's actually being challenged by an 18 year old or will be 18 years old next week, high school senior in Boise, uh, Shiva Raj Bandari. Now, Shiva, I have to give him credit. He's, he's a very driven kid. We talked about him before on the program. And yeah, he's, uh, I, I'm seeing shades of a young Justin Trudeau here. No, that wasn't meant as a compliment, but uh, he, he saw the opportunity to draw the spotlight to himself. And so on Wednesday, issued a comment on extremist endorsements. And this young man said, in part, extremism has no place on our school board. I reached out to Mr. Schmidt Tuesday night and urged him to disavow this endorsement. It is my sincere hope that he does so. Okay, so... Looks like I wasn't the one endorsed by this uh, this Idaho Liberty Dogs group, but now I'm going to at least draw attention to myself by calling them names, making sure that uh, our, the uh, incumbent knows these are extremists and he should disavow their endorsement. Here's what else uh, he had to say. He said, we cannot back down to bullies like the Idaho Liberty Dogs and the so-called Boise School District Parents Association. Wow, so-called. You know, what exactly do you think they're made up of? I mean, could it possibly be parents of students within the Boise School District? Oh, wouldn't that be subversive? We've already seen the influence of extremist groups in our community. False accusations of indoctrination against our teachers and staff. Book bans and circumvention of procedure in Nampa schools and Meridian libraries. And armed threats against high schools right here in Boise. I mean, this is a pretty, pretty good laundry list. Bullying. Let's see, what else? Extremism, false accusations of indoctrination. Hey, we'll take a look at what that might look like here in a minute. Um, our school board elections, he says, are an, an essential component of public input on K-12. through But they're also an opportunity for groups such as these to advance their hateful agenda. Okay, what exactly is that agenda, young man? I mean, are we just supposed to fill in the blanks and what exactly is hateful about their agenda? The fact that they disagree with you doesn't necessarily mean that they hate you. But listen to this. It is imperative that our community turns out to vote on September 6th to ensure that our schools do not fall to the extremism that we've seen elsewhere in the valley. Now, what this young man and what the press calls extremism, it might seem like it to them, but it certainly isn't going to seem that way to everybody. And I'll give you an example. Um, what kind of extremism could you see taking place in the schools that, that you know, these groups uh, like the Idaho Liberty Dogs might be opposed to? For instance, Let's say that uh, during the Pledge of Allegiance, what if one of the students was to disagree and to take a knee during the pledge? What do you suppose that would look like? Oh, look at that. There's the teacher and everybody else standing there. There's that one student taking the knee because they won't pledge to the flag. Oh, hmm. okay. Well, that flag, hmm. maybe, maybe not everybody would have a problem with a student taking a knee, except, of course, the enforcers of, of upright ideology. So do you see the point here? It's, <laughs> there's a lot of name-calling. There's not a lot of evidence other than, well, these people may disagree, and, and perhaps they disagree for good reason. Perhaps they just don't want to see a bunch of statist garbage being pushed on kids. Now, Boise Weekly also reached out for comment from Schmidt on Wednesday, and Schmidt responded by phone and later posted a statement on his Facebook page. Here's what he said. He said, I have support from people on all, from all sides, including the Idaho Liberty Dogs, Democrats, and the Boise Education Association, which has endorsed me. Now, he said, I recognize as a trustee, I need to make decisions for students across the spectrum, regardless of their parents' beliefs and ideologies, and I will continue to represent them 
whether they agree or not with my personal ideologies. I think that sounds fair. And the fact that he has groups from, I, I'm going to just guess the Idaho Liberty Dogs are probably somewhere on the political right. The Boise Education Association, I don't know. If I had to hazard a guess, I would say probably not on the political right, just in keeping with the most education associations. They tend to lean a little bit leftward, but the fact that both of them are able to find, you know, redeeming qualities in Steve Schmidt, maybe that says something. Maybe this guy is someone who is operating without ideology and pure ideology as, as his driving force. Now, Steve Schmidt says, I'm not an Idaho Liberty Dog member. I'm also not the most extreme liberal, and I'm not running this campaign as a Democrat or Republican. I'm running as an engineer and a dad. I'm not even running an, a negative campaign. My intention from the beginning of this campaign is to run to keep the seat I have. I will continue to represent all parents, even the ones I disagree with, on their political views. I mean, what more could you ask of the guy, right? And, and, Look, I can appreciate that when people are scared, they're they're going to start, you know, pulling out all the stops. Well, but these are extremists, and and you know, this is extreme, scary stuff. I have no doubt that uh, that some of the things that I believe would be seen by them as extreme, like belief in God, like belief in you know, really, the best situation is when a man and a woman get married to one another, stay faithful to each other, and raise children in a stable household. Oh, I know that's extreme. Well, not every household's like that. I get that. I'm just saying the optimal situation is when that can occur. Is that really extreme? Because I have a feeling there's a lot of people who don't necessarily align with me ideologically. You'd say, no, that actually just sounds like normal life. But see, we start throwing all of the, the name calling out there and suddenly, oh, but it's a scary, terrible thing. And you can't let these people take control. Really? Why not? Because you want control? Because you want absolute ideological control, and you don't want anybody standing up and, and saying, hey, I'm not uh, going along with that. See, this is the problem with politics, at least as issues or institutions become politicized. Everything becomes a power struggle. So it means it's more important than ever for you and I to, to make sure that we are fully vetting the information that's put before us and making up our own minds. Okay, I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm not even telling you who to vote for or who to support or who not. I'm just saying that uh, there's there's some political gamesmanship going on here, and it's kind of sad to see the press clearly taking sides and and you know boosting the young man who they hope will be their little uh, Justin Trudeau, you know, over somebody who's endorsed by people who actually favor freedom and actually favor more of the traditional values. See, the difference here is people like me who value freedom, who value limited government, low taxes, the ability to make more of my own decisions without any kind of official coercion or threat hanging over my head. I want to be free to make those choices so that I can pursue happiness in, in the way that I see fit. I want to keep more of my own money, the stuff that I produce through my work. And I want to leave everybody else alone to make their own decisions as to what best makes them happy. The difference is, the people who are pushing this extremist, you know, name calling, they have a one size fits all approach and you aren't given the option of, of opting out. I'm willing to leave them alone. They're not willing to leave me alone. Tell me again, who exactly is the extremist? Let's talk about uh, Prop 1. This is going to be a big one come November. And the Lewiston Tribune, oh my, they are wading into the, the fray here, ready to defend Prop 1. And it's their cheers and jeers from their editorial page 
this time taking aim at uh, Idaho Freedom Foundation President Wayne Hoffman. And they give him jeers, saying, acting on a report from the Tax Foundation and an opinion from the Idaho Attorney General's office, the Freedom Foundation last month asserted Reclaim Idaho's initiative would not only raise new taxes on corporations and the wealthy, but would repeal tax cuts passed earlier this year, bringing the total bill to $570 million. Now, of course, uh, this recognition that uh, this is raising taxes on more people and a much higher bill than, than what was originally promised has uh, brought out uh, the defenders of the regime, including Betsy Russell, including others within the press who have found it their duty to uphold this, uh, this ballot initiative. And uh, I guess to, to walk forward the idea that as long as we throw enough money at this situation, everything's going to be great. Now, the article in the Lewiston Tribune talks about how since then, the man who drafted the initiative, retired legislative services, research and legislation division manager, Mike Nugent, walked Betsy Russell of the Idaho Press through the process. Essentially, the measure, as with all bills, includes language from existing law, then strikes out and replaces only the pertinent changes. In our bill drafting, if you're amending something, the deletion is struck through and the added is underscored. That's what Nugent told Russell. And it's been that way since he started in the 1970s. So that would suggest the only change is the $323.5 million tax increase that Reclaim Idaho intended. Well, during the course of his 41 years of drafting bills for Republicans and Democrats, liberals and conservatives, Nugent was known as an impeccably nonpartisan professional. Hey, that's all fine and dandy, but you're appealing to authority here. I want to know, what exactly does this measure say that is causing concern? Well, nothing that this impeccable professional would uh, have any problem with. Okay, but that doesn't answer the question, does it? A state capital insider for two decades, including a stint as a first-rate reporter. Now, they're talking about, uh, about Wayne Hoffman. Hoffman knows that. Oh, he should trust this guy. This guy was part of the system forever. He should trust him. Yet they say Hoffman is sticking with his story as if he he knows they're right, but somehow he's just too proud to admit he's wrong. So let's let's put some skin on this and see. Is Wayne really wrong? See, I'm hearkening to the report that was done by Jared Walsack from the Tax Foundation. And this is from Betsy Russell's article. And, and this is important because there's a very serious omission in her article and this is something that Jared Walzak points out. Nugent also pointed to existing Idaho law in Title 73 of Idaho Code, which addresses multiple amendments to a single section of law. If the amendments can be read into the section without a conflict, such amendments shall all be effective and shall be compiled as if made by a single enactment, the law says. So that means both this year's single or this year's rather successful tax cut legislation and the initiative would be read together to resolve any conflicts. So the tax cuts for the existing lower brackets would remain. Again, this is from Betsy Russell's article. Now, let's see what was missing from that article. And this is again from Jared Walzak. He says the words within the quotation have left out a very important clause. So here's the full provision with emphasis added. If multiple amendments to a single section of Idaho code have been or are made during a legislative session, and if the amendments can be read into the section into the section without conflict, such amendments shall all be effective and shall be compiled as if made by a single enactment. See, the problem is the Idaho legislature had adjourned for the year. So this ballot measure was not part of that legislative session and no ballot measure would be. So leaning on this provision simply doesn't work. And this is to say nothing of, of some of the other uh, concerns that have come up, including the inverted inflation adjustment, the tax cliff. There are at least three problematic areas within 
this ballot measure. Not the least of which is the amount is much higher than what we're being told by Reclaim Idaho as well as its defenders within the press. Now, again, Jared Walzak says these are major concerns. Nothing in the Idaho Press war article warrants the bold conclusion that the claims are unfounded. Drafters seem to be arguing that these aren't errors, or perhaps they are errors, but someone can fix them administratively. And if they can't be fixed administratively, then the legislature can simply adopt a new law reversing part of the newly adopted ballot measure. Idaho's tax increase measure, he says, is quite possibly the most error-ridden tax ballot measure I've ever seen. And proponents' arguments don't do much to allay these concerns. So again, in, in keeping with the spirit of uh, really you need to be thinking this thing through for yourself, I encourage you, don't just take what you're reading in the press as, uh, well, this is the gospel. They've done the homework. They've done the thinking. Everything is good to go. Take the time to read Jared, Jared Walsack's report. Look at the information that the Idaho Freedom Foundation is publishing on this and then decide. This is not a matter of, okay, you know, our side's going to beat you with, with more points scored and, you know, we're going to make everybody cry uncle and they're going to have to admit how awesome we really are. See, it's not about having the right answer at the tip of your tongue every time. It's not about being able to deal with the, the best sophistry to, to baffle people when they start to question you. It's more about knowing the right kind of questions to ask that can give you a more complete picture of what's actually at stake. And I'm going to give you an example of what that looks like. This will, this will be my closing thought. So instead of, uh, instead of just having the answer at the tip of your tongue, you got to know what questions need to be asked. So when someone says, you know, man-made climate change is making hunger stones appear in Europe for the first time since the 1600s, the question that should follow is, okay, what made them appear in the 1600s? Again, it's, I know it feels like gotcha, but it's, it's really about I want to know these answers. I want to know for myself, are you dealing straight with me? I mean, my goal here is not to make you angry or to make you hate members of the Idaho press. I mean, they, they certainly seem self-assured, but the job here is really not so much to, to discredit them as to encourage you to step up and be your own fact checker and do not take things at face value. No matter how the press insists, the press insists that you know this is the ideologically pure position to take. Okay, they're acting as an upright ideological enforcement brigade. You don't need that. All you need is the willingness to study these things out for yourself, ask the right questions, and and be willing to look at points of view that uh, may seem unconventional but could still shed some light on a given topic. You may not agree, but at least you'll have a broader vantage point from which to assess the situation. I sincerely hope that makes sense. I'm Brian Hyde, and this is Nowhere to Hide. Reporters are biased, the Idaho Press Club are biased, all media, newspaper, radio. To be completely blunt here, Brian, and there are plans to expand indoctrination. That's right. Well, Idahoans are also concerned. Horror shot. That line would be moving a little bit farther west. I'm like crying. Nobody wants to Dark see. Dark money is influencing policy in our state. Well, that's not how this works.